Pastor Garth, I'm so glad you went to go sit there because I need a whole bunch of those people sitting over there to move over here and maybe some of those that are over there to move over here. Please. The cameras don't go that widescreen. Well, you don't. Let's first see how many people want to move. Because you don't want to move, obviously. <laughs> so let's see who will, who will move. Tomorrow, tomorrow you'll have more. There'll be more people here tomorrow. So, thank you. For those people who didn't move, no, thank you. Don't ask me for anything in the future, okay? <laughs> we got it. Praise the Lord. Well, it's a good day. Welcome to all of you that are here from the bunker, Divat Bunker. And uh, for those of you that have come from other places to be here tonight, you're also welcome, most welcome. And uh, for those that are, couldn't make it tonight and come tomorrow on digital media, you're also welcome. You're not most welcome, you're just welcome. Because <laughs> some people made the effort to come here, so they must be most welcome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, it's an amazing and wonderful thing that uh, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, God calls the church together to come and pray, come and fellowship together and have a weekend. And the reason he would do that is because he would want to make a difference. He wants to change things. He wants to change us. And he wants to change things. And so when we come together for God to change us, it's always a good thing. Uh, and when he wants to change other things around us, that's also a very good thing. Uh, I, you know, the word of God actually is, is very clear about it, that God himself never changes. He's, he, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he never changes. Well, how can he? He's a perfect being. Right? So he is always what he always will be and always has been and he always will be what he is. And so you can't change what God is. And he himself doesn't want to change what he is because he is what he is and that's the way it is. Hallelujah. That should give us a great deal of, of confidence in our serving him, our worship to him because anything that he wants to do for us and wants to do through us is for our benefit and for the benefit of people that we come into contact with. So it's all good, always good. Always. Even if he's disciplining you, it's good. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Because then it means then it means he loves you. So if he's disciplining you, then it means he loves you and he's demonstrating his love towards you. So praise the Lord. There's no downside to that. Glory to God. So over the course of this weekend, we are going to have how meetings in the way the Holy Spirit will lead us. 
And uh, so there's no exact format as to how we're going to go. Um, the only thing that I can say is that probably in the beginning of every meeting tomorrow, uh, morning, tomorrow afternoon, and uh, Sunday, we will have sound and song first. And uh, then after that, we'll see how the Holy Spirit leads us in terms of praying and or teaching. And uh, so we just give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit. It's the best place to be, is to give yourself over to the Holy Spirit and let Him guide you and lead you. Praise the Lord. I've got some things I want to share with you out of the Word. And I just want to remind you as we go into the weekend, I have a particular um, focus that the Lord wants me to, to pray into and wants me to remind you and teach you of. And Pastor Sharon has got some things that um, the Holy Spirit is going to be leading her and praying and we'll just see how we flow together. Amen. And there might be others that are going to be called on to pray. So... We'll see how that works too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Many years ago, this is a story you know well, but it's in my heart to share it with you as I start. Many years ago, um, I was selling in the corporate world. And uh, at, the, at that particular time, I was a senior account manager and I managed the whole, some of you won't remember this, but the whole of the Barlow's group was my account and one of their groups was what is now called Middleburg Steel and Alloys. And they decided politically they want to change their computer system. And so that means I would lose out on the sale. And an IBM salesman was going to win the deal. And, uh, well, my boss, who had a lot of contacts, and he came from the IBM world, and had a lot of contacts. He had a, he had a very strong, high-level CEO corporate connection. Um, he got involved in the deal, started to touch base with people, came with me to the account, touched some of the senior directors there, and it came, became clear that we were politically out of the deal. And he gave me two weeks to kind of... Well, he actually said, I'm pulling you off the account, I'm going to put someone on the account that is just going to maintain the account, but there's no future business here for us. And I asked him if I could have two weeks, two weeks to come up with a different plan. And that was a faith statement. It was a faith statement. And I'll never forget, I was in the, in the bathroom, the house that we were staying in that particular time, I was in the bath, and I was praying in my spirit language. I was praying by the Holy Spirit. And as I began to pray, a man's face was shown to me, like a vision, like a television. A man's face was shown to me. And uh, the Holy Spirit said to me, that's the key man to work with. And Well, I went about finding out who he was, because he wasn't anybody that I was dealing with. And uh, I, so I began to work around and ask the Holy Spirit for a strategy. He gave me one. And I took the plan to my boss and I said, if I'm right about this uh, and I go and visit this guy 
you are likely to get a phone call from a very senior high-ranking executive in the Balaran group because it will mess their politics up on this deal. And then we'll know we're on the right track. So those days there were no cell phones and all that kind of stuff, you know. So when you got in the, in the car to drive from Joburg to Middleburg and back again, you were out of contact for hours. So I came, saw him, spoke to him, told him what I'd discovered and uh, got in the car and came back to Johannesburg. And I walked into the company's office. There was, an, there was a message from, the, from uh, my managing director's uh, personal assistant, and she said, the boss wants to see you right away. When you come in, you must come right away. So he was not a very nice man. He was not a very gentle man. He was a very, uh, very harsh man. So whenever you got called, you never knew what was going to happen, actually. Uh, but he called me into the office, and when I walked in there, he had this kind of smile on his face, you know. So I thought, it can't be too bad. He said, I already got the phone call. I said, you did? He said, yeah. And he told me the whole story about who phoned him, what they said on the phone. He said, you got carte blanche, go for it. You're on the right track. Let's see what we can do. Well, six, months, six or nine months later, they redid the tender, they re they redid the thing, and we got the business. Prayer changes everything. Amen. Prayer doesn't only change you, it changes everything around you. It's the, most, it's the most feared thing that the devil has when you have a Christian who understands authority that they have in God. So they walk by faith. They can pray and ask God for things according to the word of God. And then they can pray in a spirit language that he can't understand. Because the language of the spirit is not understood by him. It's a language between you and God only. And the things of the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit knows the heart of God. And he knows and he searches your heart. And he can communicate what's in your heart to God's heart. And there's no interference. Hallelujah. And so you can pray out the mysteries of God. You can pray out the plans and purposes of God when you pray in the Spirit. Of course, when you pray out in the Spirit, you often have to deal with your mind. You often have to deal with things that, that you, you, you want to go places. And you've got to remain focused when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. I'm trusting, both Pastor Sharon and I, as we've been preparing for, the, for, this, for this weekend and weekends to come, because... The, we're going to do this as, long, as often as the Holy Spirit wants us to. And uh, so as we've been preparing, I'm believing that you will be praying out because Pastor Sharon's going to lead you in those kind of prayers. You're going to pray out the mysteries, the plans, the purposes, the strategies, the changes, the things that God wants to bring about in your life. Some of it might affect income. Some of it might affect relationships. Some of it might, find, might affect clear thinking on matters that you were not clear about before. Confusion has been in your mind or your emotions or in your world. And as you pray things out, God will sort them out for you. You'll have an understanding. You'll just have a, a knowing. I know what to do now. I know what's next. Whenever you have that, I can guarantee you, you will have a conflict with your mind. And whenever God is calling you to change and calling you into his plans and purposes, there will be a contest for you not to come or not to do or not to be.
because whatever that is, you become a more powerful being. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if you'll just bear with me as I'm going to read to you. I just felt in my heart that I want to read you the scripture. As you read the word of God, faith always comes. Amen. Amen. And clarity always comes as you read the word of God. And I'm reading from 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, and I'll be reading all the way into Timothy chapter 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. I just want you to understand that what he's doing here is under the command of. And that's our safest and best place that we can always be under the command of. If you're under the commandment, command of God and his commands of his word, of his commands of what we call to do. When we are in and under his command, perfect place, sweet spot. To Timothy, a true son in the faith, a true son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia to remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which causes disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. So teach the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some have strayed, Having turned aside to idle talk. Idle talk. I'll tell you what, any kind of idle talk will lead you astray. So instead of you listening to idle talk, you should rather talk to the Lord. And you should be under the command of His talk. Amen. Amen. So if you're under the command of His talk, then when you hear idle talk... And most idle talk that is most damaging is talk that is seemingly just conversation about politics. It's conversation about business. It's conversation about what country, what direction the country is headed in. It could be about people. It could be a lot of things. That kind of talk is idle talk. Amen. So these people desire to be teachers of the law. Understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, 
for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers for manslayers. For fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And, there is no, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. So he starts off with doctrine and he's ending off the, with doctrine. And he's basically saying, there's a lot of people that have got a lot of things to say, but they don't live the lifestyle. They have a whole lot of activity, lifestyle things that are contrary to God's word. And you don't have to be a person that physically takes a knife to a mother or a father or a manslayer. You don't necessarily have to take a knife and physically kill the person. If you're a manslayer, you can be someone who totally takes out some other being. Stops them from purpose, stops them from living, stops them from having what God's called them to be. It's in this context that the scripture is talking. Adding to it liars, fornicators, and all other different kinds of sins. So obviously this is not just a matter of uh, have murderers sitting in your, in your congregation and let them want to teach others. So if you read it in context, it's more likely to be people that have got lots to do that are anti-fathers. There's no honor for fathers, anti-mothers, and they're anti-anybody else, and whoever they don't feel like fits their narrative in life or their lifestyle, they take them out. Do you see that in the, in the right context? It can also obviously mean people that, that kill people, but it's unlikely that people that are murderers are going to sit in a congregation. So, for perjurers, and if there's any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, or committed yeah, to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. It's important that God enables you. Enables you. Because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it in ignorant, it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtain mercy, that in me first Christ Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to just make a note to you. First of all, God enabled him and called him to be in the ministry. He opens his letter to Timothy, Paul, an apostle. So, 
He also here, however, says here that uh, I came into the world to save sinners with whom I am chief. So he is immediately putting himself in a category that says, I recognize that without the mercy, without the grace of God, without God enabling me and calling me, I am a, the chiefest of sinners. Well, I don't think that he was putting himself in a pecking order to say there are people that are least sinners and more chief sinners. But it is clear that he considers himself to be, in his old man, of such a level of sin. And he puts the first sin as one who persecutes. And so he says, I was a chief sinner because I persecuted those that were of the faith, that loved and served Jesus Christ. But he goes on to say, I thank God for, my, for this mercy and this grace. However, for this reason I have found mercy that in me, first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering. In other words, he treated me with patience and long-suffering and kindness. He kept loving me, regardless of my condition. He kept loving me. And I would become a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. So he is clearly saying here, I'm a pattern for those people who sin, but by mercy and grace, because of ignorance, he brought me into a place where he could enable me and he could bring me to speak and to serve him. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. Prophecies, good warfare. Prophecies, good warfare. Can you tell me what a prophecy is? Is a prophecy not a saying? Is it not a saying from God speaking to us humans? What he's declaring about us, about what we must become, what we must be, what we must do, and about our future. Right? By prophecies, you wage a good warfare. So a prophecy is words. So words that God speaks give you the opportunity to wage a warfare. The warfare is what? Against your mind and against spirits that are operating with humankind. So you fight a good warfare with words. Words. When we come to pray, we come to pray with words. And some of our prayers will pray what God has prophesied. Some of our words we pray will be what God says by his word we must pray. Other words that we will pray will be by the Holy Spirit words that come out of our spirit to pray. So that we bypass all of the realms and we pray directly the word and the will of God. So we are going to have a weekend where the warfare that we declare is the warfare against things that come against our mind that prevent us from being what we must be. And words that are spoken over mankind that God has given us jurisdiction over to bring his good news. Amen. So that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning faith 
and have suffered shipwreck. So God, part of the reason we're having a prayer time and we're having teaching time is because God doesn't want you to be in a situation where you have shipwreck. Where your faith is shipwrecked because circumstances and things keep distracting you, keep taking you in different directions, keep taking you away from the words that God wants you to speak into your life. And so now he talks about some people that have made shipwreck of their faith. Of whom are Hamanias and Alexander... Whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. So what's blaspheme? If you blaspheme, you use words against the name of Jesus and against the lordship of Jesus. So obviously these people had become born again Christians who lived with Jesus. But their words spoke something different. Such is the authority that the Apostle Paul now has as one that was the chief sinner, but was forgiven and called by God, enabled by God to submit to his command that with words, prophecies that are spoken, words that God spoke to him, he has authority to take these men and take their bodies and hand them over to the devil. So, they may not learn, they may learn not to blaspheme. Ow. Huh? I'm painting you a picture. I'm painting you a picture where Apostle Paul is coming from because the first chapter of First Timothy talks about his calling. It talks about Timothy's calling. And it talks about the warfare of words. This is what 1 Timothy chapter 1 is all about. It's about words. It's about words. It's about words that have been spoken over him. It's about words that have been spoken over Timothy. It's about words that you have to speak, prophecies, the word of God, the Holy Spirit. Sound doctrine based on the word of God. We're all together. And so now he speaks to Timothy and he says, Now Timothy... A, a, a true son in the faith. It's unlikely that he would have gone to this length to talk about himself the way he did if he wasn't writing to a true son in the faith because he would be able to trust Timothy to share this information with other people with the right spirit, with the right attitude because of the knowledge that he had of who Paul was, his spiritual father. True son in the faith. Amen. Amen. Once he's got through laying the foundation of all of this, the next verse says, Therefore, Timothy, I exhort, I'm encouraging you, Timothy, based on everything I've just said about words, I'm encouraging you, Timothy, that first of all, that supplications... Prayers, so supplications is requests, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. What are all of those four categories doing? Words. 
So he's just got through explaining everything about himself and Timothy, prophecies, callings, enablements, commandments about words. The next thing he goes into, I encourage you, Timothy, that you must first of all make requests, make prayers, make intercessions, and give thanks, be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. Don't we do that all the time when we come together. First do this. Timothy, understand the whole context of what I'm talking to you. We're having a warfare of words. Based on the warfare of words, your calling, my calling, and people that speak words against God, first thing you need to do is have four different kinds of words for kings and for all men. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our, Fa- our Savior. When we do this, this is good and acceptable. So it doesn't matter if you're fasting, whatever you're fasting. Uh, so whatever thing it is that you're not doing. doesn't matter if it's, if it's a food related thing. It's always an immediate space doesn't matter whether you feel like praying for a, someone in authority right now. Actually, the reason you're fasting is to make your spirit man more alive and your mind and your flesh more quiet. If you're not fasting this weekend, okay, one day we will get you to fast. You have to be persuaded of your own accord that you can do this and that you want to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do. So, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is none, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm just wanting you to understand because of things that I'm going to say tomorrow. I'm laying a foundation here for us. He's a preacher and he's an apostle. So if you're a preacher, that's all of you are preachers. Why? Because you are sent to declare and preach the good news of the gospel to everybody. So you may not necessarily be a preacher that stands in the pulpit. But you are called to go and speak the good news of the gospel. And an apostle, I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying. This is all about words. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So, I stand here. I stand here with you tonight. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to just pray for all, for kings And for all those that are in authority. So that we, you and I, may lead a peaceable life in all godliness. It doesn't matter what happens to the rest of our country. We live in peace and godliness because God gives us the grace as we pray for and we are obedient to God. Because the Bible says this is good and acceptable to our Savior if we pray for those. So let's pray, shall we? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for all of those who lead us in this nation. 
in government, those who lead us in government, those who lead us in regional government, those who lead in business, those who lead in any form of life, who are influencers in any form and fashion, and that have uh, influence to lead this country in one direction or another. We pray for them, Father, that they would not overstep their boundaries of authority in Jesus' name, and that our prayers would contain them and restrain them in Jesus' name. And we also declare, Father, that as we pray, they and the people around them will bring the ways of God, what God has planned for this nation, they will bring that to pass and not be against the ways of God for this nation. We pray for all those leaders in the name of Jesus. We believe and we have faith that we receive an answer to our prayers. That even as we intercede for them, Father, that you are making the most of this occasion. And all of us praying together, you take our corporate prayer and you use it to your glory. To you be the glory and honor forever. Amen. The wise God. And we declare wisdom for our nation right now in the name of Jesus. And if you can pray by a spiritual language, then let's pray in a spiritual language right now. Shombrende so compra telebrete shi concre la cache. Brondeste crampantolo froste camprente le trochisha calambra. Hambra mama casanda barabagamba bodeshe cambrete tembreke centro mono do diste cambrana batalam brombo le batose brete se brede temoshe caia mandolo crochisa cavrote se breta. Bramende che no monde gishkamondo cote bele crese che no mandre libore gishti che bragasu comproto lo prote le vreste lendos telembrenging di shondre mana casto brode hayaboya andish tedevala vraka cobrocoste che brete in bramendi do monde remende shembrengana ramandro tolocrose le vrede dishtombroncala di dishte cobrocoste cambrante le braca oromondre bege shendrete la braba Orebere kende se kembrando shobotele ki anda mata. Koremende vrebese krimando lombrogo sondo. For this is good and acceptable in your sight, God, that we pray like this and that we pray for those that are in authority. Hallelujah. And I'm going to finish this portion with verse 8, which says, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, and without doubting. In other words, without anger against these people that we pray for. And without doubting. Hallelujah. If the government makes you angry, put your anger away. Let God deal with it. And without doubting that God is answering our prayers. So just lift up your hands, will you? Just everybody just lift up your hands because you are holy. The devil might not make you, may, might make you think you're not holy, but if you've got Jesus living in your heart and you can put up your hands, you lift up holy hands and you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. We don't doubt. We believe that we receive answers to our prayers in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks and we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so, I intend to be sharing some things with you that the Lord has put on my heart over this, this period of time. And I'm just going to finish off by saying this. I declared the beginning of last year, as a church we are going big and bold together. We are going big in prayer. We are going big in sound and song. We are going big in the word and in the messages that God is giving us. As we are going big, our faith is going to rise. Hallelujah. Look what God has done since we decided to obey God and go big and bold. Because the prophecy came through this vessel as a minister of the Lord. I do not expect, I do not see myself anything else other than a human vessel that God chooses to use. And the authority that he gives me is his to give, not mine to take. Hallelujah. And on that basis, I spoke by, by the word of God. As we are going big, our faith is going to rise. Our faith has been rising. This is a good news thing for your faith to rise. Because you get boldness and confidence to go for more things in God. Hallelujah. Number one, we must be bold in defense. Don't let the devil take what he's already given, what God's already given you. We must be bold in offense. It's time to attack. We must be bold in our new directions that God gives us to go. We must be bold in our established faith. Number five, we must be bold in our sowing. I thank God that all of you have been bold. And look what God has done for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We must be bold in going after our great harvest based on our sowing. We must be bold in sowing our God-given gifting in the church. That means your talents, your callings, your things that God has given you as a gifting to the church. You must be bold. Don't wait for us to call. Come step up. Be bold. Bring it. God is already changing us through this prayer, through this prophecy. He's reminding you, bring your gift. We are going to have enthusiasm and do things that are serious in nature. We are going to be expanding and large in the way that we go forward with things. We're going to be bold and courageous together. This is about the grace of God allowing your gift to have space to grow. To enlarge and to make the body of, make big the body of Christ. Make big the body of Christ. Hallelujah. I want to just continue something that, what else the Lord spoke. And he said, and I said, do you see in the spirit, this is a strategic time. This is the time for you and me, for us together. Collective greatness. This is a time for us to begin to hold, to join hands, to join and strengthen our combined resources, our combined, combine our faith, combine our prayers, get united in our prayers, begin to press in spirit for the big things that God has got for us. As we press, as we come together collectively, 
great together in our faith, great together in our agreement, great together in our life of prayer, great together in sound and song and the way that we worship, greatness in the things, the boldness and the strength will grow. And the big things that God has planned for us will begin to come into the material world as we bring them out of the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't this an amazing thing that God spoke that has already in many ways become come to pass? Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. You remember, of course, that when the Lord gave us, gave us this word, that we were in COVID. And look what, and actually, from the time that COVID started, which was March in 2020, from the time before COVID started, God arranged it for us to step up and to be in a place where we have only grown, we have only progressed, we have only been more established in our faith. Our courage has grown, our boldness has grown, our resources have grown. Everything that God has said here has happened. But this is not the end. This is the beginning of the journey still. It is only the beginning because God said the beginning of this year, big and bold version 2 in 22. That means more. Hallelujah. Do you want to see a change in your life more than we have? Let's go for it. This is the beginning weekend of prayer and things that God is is wanting to establish. That we come together collectively. That we come in greatness together. That we come to do things more. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hans, do you mind if I use your testimony of your life from Scotland to what God blessed you with? This last couple of weeks. If you don't want me to, I'm okay with it. You prefer me not to? Is it all right? Well, I don't know about this, but Andre arrived at a house to do some work for us, and he arrived in a nice bucky. And I said, Andre, where did you get this bucky? He said, not my bucky, it's my dad's bucky. I said, your dad's got this bucky that I always wanted to buy, and I'm a rock. He says, yes, my dad got this, and he told me the price that he got it at. I said, what a blessing. Well, here's the story. A number of years ago, Hans was retrenched, right? He was retrenched from his job. He got a job offer in Scotland. And they were very close to leaving South Africa to go to Scotland for a job. Because things were so difficult here. If I remember correctly, it was about the time, not, too, not long after Haifeld Steel closed down. And things, a lot of people had lost their jobs and things like that. And so they came to us and they said... What do you think? And we began, Pastor Christian and I, we began to minister him. This is not time for you to go to Scotland. God's going to provide for you here. Well, they didn't go to Scotland. From that day to this, Hans has never been without work. He has never been without income. God has supernaturally provided for them and their family. Not only that, God has provided enough money for through different ways to pay off all of their debts, all of their house, everything. And he's just bought an Amarok. Which I think I'll come and just grab it from you. 
Come on. You see, if you're in the plan of God and you're in the right place with God and you stay in alignment, you stay in assignment and you recognize what God's called you to and you wage the warfare according to prophecies and you stand with people that are, are people of faith, then like Apostle, the, the Apostle Paul says, I'm a pattern. I'm a pattern of all who wish to walk like this. Hallelujah. Hans and now Elmerie, they decided they were going to walk this way. They had to be in agreement with it. They had to come together about it. And they said, we're going to go this way, even though we have a job in Scotland. And listen, hey, Scotland, e European Union, you know, different passport, live there, none of the South African low-chedding stuff. But when God places you, then God provides for you. Hallelujah. And part of the provision that he gives you is he teaches you how to pray. He teaches you how to speak words. He teaches you how to wage warfare with prophecies and with words. and Stand together with people that have got the same kind of faith. You don't quit, you don't give up, and you just let God be. And it didn't happen overnight, Hans. I know there were times where you worked hard. Day and night you had shifts and then sometimes you had work for some weeks and others you were, it was like touch and go sometimes. But God brought you through the whole time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If God can do it for Hans and Almerie, then they can do it for you. He can do it for you. This is the way that it happens. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Come on, Pastor Sharon. Good, thank you. Wow, what a wonderful testimony. We praise God. We really praise God for that. Glory to God. Shall we just stand for a while? Let's just stand for a while together. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up our hands and just, let's just give him thanks. Let's just praise him. Fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name, we praise you, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to you, God. Glory, glory, glory to you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just, I'm just going to find a note and then we're going to sing in the spirit together. Right? Let your spirit sing to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Can you find that note? Find that note. Let's sing, let your spirit sing to him. We're gonna press a bit here. 
to just go over some of these things again tomorrow because there'll be people tomorrow but I want to start to um, to just uh, share with you some of the there's a lot of us that have been taught and trained to pray that come on a Tuesday night come regularly, come every Tuesday night. And for us, it's going to be, um, we've, we've probably the majority of people here come to pray on a Tuesday night. And so we're going to be able to find an understanding here of m- most people. But for the, um, for the sake of the people that don't normally come to pray, and you're going to begin to be part of corporate prayer now, I just need to uh, share with you some of the things that are probably going to be happening as we're praying because we are a church that has taught and trained our people to pray from 2007, actually. I thought it was 2008, but when I went back to my notes, it was actually 2007 at the end, and the Lord told us to from 2008 to organize and establish corporate prayer so that it can increase and and intensify. And then one of the the prophecies, actually, that Kenneth Copeland had in 2009, he said that this great awakening that's hanging heavy over nations just waiting to be realized, that it's going to be happening in the churches first that have taught and trained their people to pray because Jesus himself said in the New Testament my house shall be called a house of prayer and you have made it a den of thieves you actually rob God when you don't pray you rob him of his opportunity to answer you 
the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so um, uh, we come, God, God's, it was God who, that initiated prayer. It God that activated it was his, his divine idea for us to come to pray. And um, so, hmm, okay. So let me just share with you some of the things that you can expect. Zechariah 12 verse 10 from the King James says this, Zechariah 12 verse 10, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. I will pour. So what Pastor John and I are expecting is for a greater outpouring of his Holy Spirit because we've been faithful to obey God, to have corporate prayer now since 2008. And we are acting inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to ask him for a greater measure, an outpouring of his spirit of prayer. Prayer is speakings to God. Prayer is when you're speaking his word to him, when you're declaring his word. Prayer is declaring, decreeing. Prayer is also making supplication, intercessions, requests, uh, um, giving of thanks. Uh, there's so many aspects to prayer, but it's coming to God with words based on his word. That's what prayer is. So the message Bible says this, I'll pour a spirit of grace and prayer over them. So I want to tell you, especially those of you that have been in Pentecost for a long time, we've heard about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we have some idea that this outpouring is happening from somewhere, where it's coming from. You know, is it coming from above or is it, how's it? But the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happens in your heart. Where does the Holy Spirit live? He lives in you. And he lives in me. If there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a greater measure of outpouring, where is it going to happen? It's going to happen in you, in your heart. He's going to pour out in you a greater speaking, a greater inspiration of speakings to God, words to God. He's going to pour that out in you. So the, the message Bible says pour over you, but actually it's pour into you. Pour from you. The word of God says that from your belly, from your innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. And that shall flow, shall pour out. So when we're praying, we never pray alone. We pray, always praying with the Holy Spirit that's in us. Always praying with him. He's always praying with us. We never pray alone. The Bible is quite clear that we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But it's always with the Holy Spirit and by 
the Holy Spirit. And so, so prayer meetings are different to a Sunday morning meeting or other kind of gatherings that we, we have had and have. A prayer meeting, the purpose and the plan of a prayer meeting is to pray. So we need to be bringing instruction as well, because some of you are very new, and there are going to be vessels here that are going to be yielding themselves to the Holy Spirit, and you need to understand that they have trained their spirits to yield to the Holy Spirit. They have desired to pray with the Holy Spirit, right? And so I'm just going to give this to you here. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 in the King James says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit. He speaks mysteries. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So whatever you are praying, whatever we are praying about, and we're going to be praying in tongues, we pray the mysteries of God. We pray his supreme intelligence. What he knows needs to come into that situation. So 1 Corinthians 14 Verse 14 and 15 says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. My spirit prayeth. Glory to God. But my understanding is unfruitful. That's the best news ever to me. That God has given me a supernatural divine language that I can have a complete mental bypass. And I can connect directly. Because I'm directly connected with the Holy Spirit when I'm praying. And I'm going to go to that scripture in Acts now. To show you that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the utterance. He's the one that will give you the utterance every time you want to pray in tongues. For the rest of your life. He's the one that will always be giving you the utterance. It's a holy language. It's to be reverenced. It's to be understood that I'm hooking up with the Holy Spirit. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, is praying. My spirit prayeth. I'm going to read that too in the Amplified Bible. 1 Corinthians 14. I want you just to see this. It's important for me to build a foundation here. Because... Most of our praying is going to be done in our heavenly language in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 says this in the Amplified Bible. 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit, the Amplified Bible says, And helps nobody. So I know that he's saying, when you come together, don't all be praying in tongues. Well, we don't do that on a Sunday morning. But when we come to pray, we all pray in tongues. The prayer meeting has a different purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And so it's because we believe, we've been taught and trained, we believe that what the Bible says about praying in tongues, we have faith in that. That when my spirit prays, and so then it says here in verse 15, then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit. That's what we did just now. I will sing with my spirit. But I will also sing. But I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I will also sing with my mind and understanding also. Otherwise, if you bless and render thanks with your spirit, do you see that? If you bless and render thanks with your spirit thoroughly aroused by the Holy Spirit. So it's not, it's saying, how can an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving since he doesn't know what you're saying? So it's not saying, don't give thanks singing in the spirit and praying in the spirit. Your spirit thoroughly aroused by the Holy Spirit. It's not saying don't do that. It's just saying that when you come together, and you, you're having a different purpose meeting other than a prayer meeting, then don't, because nobody can understand that you're giving thanks. They understand that you're giving thanks, but they would, instead of you singing, because that's what I do a lot in my own personal prayer time, and I know some of you do too that have been taught, I will be in my personal prayer time, giving thanks to the Lord. Oh, yeah, Thank you, Jesus. Oh, giving thanks to him. Right, but when I'm with you, I can say, Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me. Thank you, Father, for sending your Holy Spirit to live in my heart. Right? It benefits you too, because you understand. You understand what I'm saying. That's what it's saying here. But I want you to turn now to the book of Acts, Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, from the Amplified. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all assembled together in one place when suddenly there came a sound from heaven like the rushing of a violent tempest blast and it filled the whole house in which they were sitting. And there appeared to them languages. You see see the word tongues there. But the Greek word is the same word that's used for language and speaking in the rest of the New Testament. It's a Greek word glossolalia which means language, English language, Afrikaans language. So, so it's saying here, there appeared to them languages, tongues resembling fire. The Weiss translation says it settled upon these languages that resembled fire, set, was distributed upon each one that was there in the upper room which separated and distributed and which settled on each one of them. And they were filled 
diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit, watch this now, as the Spirit kept giving them clear, loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. So for the rest of my life, the Holy Spirit who lives in me, every time I pray in tongues, whether it's to pray for someone or to pray out something for my own life or to give him thanks and praise him with, the Holy Spirit who lives in me is the one giving me the utterance. Hallelujah. It gives me a reverence for my heavenly holy language, my ancient language. It gives me a reverence for that. It was prophesied in the book It's either Zephaniah or Zechariah. It was prophesied that the Holy Spirit would come and that he would give us a new language wherewith to address God. Because our heavenly language is pure. It's pure. Our English language, we can still maybe sometimes pray a silly thing if we're not praying according to God's word. But our heavenly language is pure. The Spirit of God is giving us the utterance and it's clean, and it's clear, and it's, 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 it's immediately and instantly intelligible to God. God who gave me the language, who, who gave the Holy Spirit to me, he understands exactly what I'm saying immediately and at once. And you know who else understands that language? The angels. That's why the scripture says, if I speak In the tongues, the languages of angels and of men, English, Afrikaans, or whatever other language you can speak, but have not love. I'm just making a noise, right? And so if I speak in the tongues of angels, angels hearken unto the words of God. Whose words are they that when I'm speaking in in in, in, in the language that the Holy Spirit's giving me utterance? God. They're God's words. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I wanted to just share that with you, that um, we're going to be yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. So I'd like us to look as well at Romans eight twenty six and 27. From the Amplified Bible, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. And bears us up in our weakness, for we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is. Because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. Right? So I want to speak a little bit about groanings in the Holy Spirit. And um, I think I'm going to do this tomorrow. I think I'm going to do this tomorrow, Pastor John. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this tomorrow. Um, so, Pastor John, um, I think we we need to pray 
can I continue to pray for our nation tonight? Pray for our government. Five or ten minutes, and then we're done. Right. Uh, All right. Let's do this. I'll read this. Uh, That was released through Pastor John in 2013. Tonight I'm releasing an increased authority in this church to pray for our nation under the mantle of the apostolic that rests upon me because things need to change. We have to pray and say, Father, we're praying the right man into power. We are so grateful that God's put the right man into power for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And um, uh, something that's very important when you are going to pray for your nation God really doesn't want you speaking against the nation or speaking about the nation. Because in Psalm 2, God the Father speaks to Jesus and says, Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. South Africa has already been spoken for. She's already been laid claim of. Jesus is Lord of South Africa. And so the speakings of the church should be the speakings of Jesus and not participating in unholy, ungodly conversation with people that are clueless and lawless. So we who pray with faith in our hearts that God hears us should not be partaking of in unholy, ungodly conversation about our nation. Our speakings must be the speakings of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, so then I'm just going to, um, so you think our prayer matters, this came from Pastor John, this little group of people, let me tell you something, it was one man, his name was Daniel, one man stood in a nation, and God used his influence to change the course and destiny. It was one man, Joseph, and I just added there, one man, Mordecai. Hallelujah. He does not need a collective bargaining forum. He doesn't need a whole council of people to change things. He needs a few people who know how to pray by the Holy Spirit and a few people who understand authority, glory. So when we pray, Psalm, chapter t- Psalm, Psalm 2 says that our prayers cause bands of restraint and cords of control to come on the the enemy's plans for this nation. So that's what we do. We're going to find out in eternity, actually, what God was able to do with our prayers. Because the prayers we pray now, we're praying in obedience to the word of God. That's the scripture that Pastor John read us tonight in First Timothy chapter 2. First of all, Pray for those that are in authority. All men, comma. Then it goes on to, to talk about what kind of men must you pray for. For kings or presidents or prime ministers. All those, the Amplified says, who are in positions of responsibility and authority. So that, the King James says, we can live a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And then I was reminded again today that he, when Jesus visited Kenneth Hagin, he said... I will hold the church responsible for what happened in a nation. I will not hold the president responsible. I will not hold the politicians responsible. I will hold the church responsible for what happened in a nation. 
And then he went on to say, and of course some people will even laugh about this, but in eternity they will find out that if they had obeyed my word and prayed and prayed and been diligent in their prayers for a nation and churches would have taught, touched and teach, taught and trained their people to pray, that there would have been a lot of things that, that can be prevented because the church is the only living organism in the earth that is perfectly authorized and equipped to deal with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly sphere. We are perfectly authorized and we are perfectly equipped to deal with the devil. Because our fight is not against flesh and blood. It is not against politicians. Our fight, we wrestle not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6. But we, are, but we wrestle. We do wrestle. There's a wrestle. There's a warfare. We wrestle against it says, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this present darkness, against. And we win. We win because we pray with faith. So two minutes. That's what I do when we pray on a Tuesday night sometimes. I say, just two minutes. And it's a fervent. The Amplified Bible talks in the book of James about it's the fervent, continued, heartfelt prayer that makes tremendous power available that is dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heartfelt. And you will be amazed that if you hook up with the Lord and you just focus and give your mind the focus that you are praying, God is using your voice, your voice identification. There's there's no other voice like yours in the world. There's no other voice like yours. God hears all of our voices together. He hears Luke's. He hears Almery. He hears my voice all at the same time because he's God. He's hearing every individual child together here praying. He's interpreting it all perfectly and already dispatching the angels. And you can read all about that in the book of Revelations. Revelation 4, Revelation 8. And so when we come together like this, we're all addressing a matter and an aspect that the God knows what we need to be addressing. We have a mental bypass, praise God. He's, he's just so smart to have given us this, this, this language that he could work with it so pure and so accurate, appropriate words that we address him with glory. So, it's the heartfelt prayer. And you'll be amazed if you just focus and concentrate, you know, and you just pray in the spirit for two minutes, what God can do with that. What God can do with that. Tama. Here it is, two minutes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're praying for our nation, Father. And you're going to use our prayers for different things, like laser. You're going to answer them wherever you know and how you know to answer them. We don't even have to know, Lord. You know how to answer them. Right. Let's go.
Subra bakashu de breste de bakara, lure brebese le kitzakatsukte, shi savatu sheveske la parabasu helebreshke hotfelt, hotfelt fill this in your heart, ishavore sunitakadu, mishmaraku, breshke baru, shiskabatru, sefre prepita salute bratu, intamanuke rebreshke batu, Shese falita kote, ya lubre besheste de vriga, no mana mana sute, shi stava safasta sute, irabote selekitu, amana mano se, shavasu se, shamantus treveshkete kalature, ya shkuvalabaru, ya nune menesketi, shavaska da manesketi, sapatalatu, kepreme mesherista, stukutule, Stukutule perebatuli, shamanamana si tu crushes tu drivatuki, ayamananu resu. One more minute. Let's focus our spirit. Ishabrose peresanatu krindu, yamanamatu strevdo beru krindu, mi paradalu mekeshe mavasala kote perebesila, ko prebeshke se farisa namote ketevera, more kesheve, more kesheve. Asai o lucre meneste de vrishka ta prava soste, ma dalla covre, ma dalla covre brege de kisha na masatore, isha varasore kote, ladro bantu, meshve sila kote rebashka vrantu, abro bele kaso de bila mando rendu ki, yalo brevo siro brovo gandu kri, shamana kasto du kolo, Mesheve la brasa lo toke rebende bakala la bras kuturo voshibrabi inamanayalo kotukotero ma shovaliko ma shovaliko korobokushke sha safala taroste de bekeradu adule deste de kila omanuresu hallelujah it's two minutes only glory to god but what god can do with that because there's many of us it can work with our prayers so powerfully. You want me to close, my darling? Okay. Uh, just because tomorrow morning we're going to start with sound and song. So I just want to say that we, are belie- we have a declaration, we are believing that sound and song, the words that we sing, are going to create part of our intercession and our supplication. Because we don't just sing songs for the sake of singing songs so that we can get ourselves ready to hear the word. We, we sing songs and we write songs. All of the songs that we sing in this, in this church are written by us and they're written according to the word and the calling that God has given us to declare. and to. So we don't just sing for the sake of feeling good. The words that are written, the words that we sing, are in themselves words we declare. If you attach your faith to those words tomorrow, then as you sing it, they become declarations, they become prayers, they become supplications before the Lord, they become something important. They're not just sounds. The very sounds and the words are part of our way that we speak things into the earth. That's why we are particular about the way that we write songs and that we sing songs. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
And also, as we are giving teaching and direction, I want to just encourage you that if some of the teaching touches on something where you don't know yet, or you're not sure yet, or you're a little bit reserved yet, our, our encouragement is allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you so that this becomes a change point, not a retreat point, but a go forward point. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And then when you pray, if you, don't, if you don't yet pray in a heavenly language, if you don't have a heavenly language, then I encourage you to just take your thoughts and take your natural language and just agree with us as we pray in the Spirit and say, yes, Lord, I'm in agreement. Yes, Lord, whatever has been prayed, I pray. Whatever has been declared in the I do that. And then you can also pray while you're there. You can say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Let me speak with the language of the Spirit. Because this is a perfect atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to allow those words to come out of your spirit. It's a perfect atmosphere for this to happen to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Now you can close, baby. Okay. (laughs) Father, thank you for this start that we've had tonight, Lord. And... uh, We bless you, we love you, and we're expectant for what you're going to be doing tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon, and we're in anticipation, and we we bless, we bless, I bless all these people, you want me to bless them, John? I bless all these people, I just feel strange blessing them, you normally bless them, I bless them, Father, they bless going out, they bless going out and into their cars and into their places where they're going to sleep. And sweet sleep you give them, Lord. Sound sleep, sweet sleep, and rest tonight. Rest, Father. Hallelujah. We're fresh tomorrow morning, ready for what you have in store for us again. In Jesus' name, and we all say, Amen. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you.